0: Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Today is Tuesday, August 6th. It's a very lovely, wet morning here in Santa Fe. It really poured overnight. It came down hard enough that it woke me up. Uh, initially I you know sort of like the skies opened up and we have the flat roofs here so you can really hear the rain on them which I love Uh, so there is water in the grape arbor oh and look there is I'm gonna try to take a picture of this there's a little spray of grapes waiting for me Somebody cut that off, dropped it. I noticed that our curved bill thrasher was uh, up getting the grapes yesterday evening when I was sitting here. So I guess the thrasher doesn't think that they are too sour. So fair enough. I left the pillows down instead of setting them upright. So there, I swapped the top one with the bottom and remind me not to sit back because that one's really, really wet. So that was nice listening to the rain as I slept. And then when I woke up early, David was still in bed with me and asleep, which is unusual because he usually wakes up around 4. And he sometimes he gets up and goes and drives for the early flights of the airport. But he was still in bed and just sleeping really hard. So I didn't want to wake him. Says it's great when he does manage to sleep in. But the I opened my eyes, and I have this window that looks out to the south, sort of south on the west, and the sky was just this beautiful pink, a rose pink, and I could see the rainbow. And so I took a picture with my phone. I'd gotten up at like 4, and David was in bed and asleep then, because there was all sorts of lightning overhead, and I went and unplugged my phone so it wouldn't get fried. I'd unplugged my computer the night before because I'd seen the lightning coming in but I needed to charge my phone. I usually charge it overnight in my office. So I got up and went and got it and brought the phone back to the bedside table and then went back to sleep. So I did have it there so I could take a picture of the sky and the rainbow through the window but I could see that the whole sky was just lit up with color with the sunrise. So I slipped out of bed and went outside, and it was a full-arched window, full-arched rainbow. I'd guessed because I could kind of see part of the rainbow through the west window from the bed, too. So I got a good picture of that, which I'm posting to Facebook and stuff. i probably put the grapes on this post, but uh, maybe I should put the rainbow on this one. Ah, I don't know. What do I do? What do I do? Uh, The rainbow is really an extraordinary photo, so I'll probably just put the full thing on Facebook and do the grapes here. So if you are listening somewhere in the far future and you're wondering what the rainbow looked like, you'll just have to uh, go check my Facebook timeline, which will probably be immortalized for advertisers for all eternity um, on August 6, 2019. kind of funny to think about people listening to this in the far future but I suppose it's possible if we don't have an EMP that erases all of our data records so let's see I worked on um the fiery crown edits yesterday I got the the low hanging fruit her line edits and track and track changes I think it's funny because um Dorinda Jones messaged me, when was this, like a month ago? Something like that. It was before the last Lyra meeting, Land of Enchantment, romance authors. And she texted me at about, I don't know, 8 o'clock at night. I was Friday night. I was watching a movie with David and... Dorinda texts me because she'd been planning to come to the meeting the next day, and she said, I'm not gonna make it. She said, The good news is, is I finally finished the revision of this book. And she said, But which I knew she'd been working on very hard for a long time. <laughs> and then she said, but I just realized that she had also sent a document with line edits in it. And I've been work I started working those at eleven this morning. And I'm, like, on page 146 of 447, something like that. <laughs> so she's like, I'm going to. And, the, and, the, and her editor was going on maternity leave on, like, Monday. So she had to get it done. And I cringed and sympathized. But, like, I can't imagine how difficult that would be because you get your document back, you get your Word document back, With all of these line edits in track changes and you can go through and accept or reject or modify and then they comment stuff out. So like my editor Jenny this time sent me um, an email with some thoughts in there and she said she'd also noted them in the text. So... I you know I could see where she commented things out in the text, but the first and easiest pass is to go through and deal with those track changes because it's like adding commas and sometimes rephrasing things. Um, and if I had already re- if you revise on your own before you use that document, then it would be incredibly difficult to go back and look at the original. You know, like if she corrected a sentence and now you've totally reworked that paragraph, how do you do it? I I don't even know. So I I did very much sympathize on that. So I did that. I got all of the um, easy fixes yesterday. And I don't think it'll actually take me very long today to go through those those bits. Um, There is that one scene that... I still haven't decided if there's something wrong with the scene that she's picking at it or not. I, I'm thinking maybe not because she's still asking for ver- a very specific couple of things in there. So we'll we'll see. I I am waffling on whether I want to go back and give it a full read again. I don't think I have much else to do this week and I am starting to have this syndrome of... You know, like if I start on another, like a non-fiction book, could I really finish it? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I don't know if it's going to be worthwhile to give this a read-through for motivations. I've got, you know, a few days that I could work on it, so maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I can't decide if um, it's worth the time investment or not. I suppose it would be a pretty fast read. I could probably read through it mostly in a few days and check for any, any, I don't know, unevenness in motivation. There were some comments that Jenny made where she said, um, why does she feel this way now when before she said this? And I was thinking, you know, and, and this is me just popping in and out of the document, going from, you know, comment to comment. And I was thinking, well, because she changed her mind. And so those kinds of things are maybe things that I'm going to have to make a little more clear. I don't know. Yeah, you can tell I'm really sort of mulling this over and deciding the best way. So I might, after I deal with these edits today, I might just take the next few days and give it a read through again. It would also be nice to get one of these nonfiction books out. But I don't know how critical that is. I don't think it would necessarily bump up my other sales. But if any of you are listening... Well, (laughs) that was silly, wasn't it? If you're hearing this, you're obviously listening. If any of you listening are writers and want access to information... Would you be more interested in a book from me that sort of consolidates all kinds of writing advice I've given over time? Or would you be interested in a book specifically about writing sex scenes and building sexual tension? That What I would do is pull together notes from courses I've taught on that. So let me know because maybe I'll work on that tomorrow. I've, I need to make a decision on whether I, I want to give this a complete read-through or not. <laughs> yeah it, each time I contemplate that, I sort of go into this mini few go wing that back and forth. The other thing I could do since i 'm thinking out loud here is Jenny gave me until September sixteenth to send this back to her, so I could complete all of the edits that she 's noted today and then take the book with me to Ireland and do a read through like on my Kindle. That is maybe the thing to do because I'll notice things differently then and I'll have a lot of time to do it. You know what? I think that's what I'm going to do. Thank you. You guys are all so smart. Uh, The people I was talking to at RWA about the uh, podcast and so forth were... uh, It was funny because they did admit that they were talking to me, (laughs) replying to me, just as I imagine that you do. So I appreciate it. I'm sure I psychically pick up your your thoughts, like all of you who are trying to explain to me that it was Rebel Wilson I was thinking of and not Amy Schumer. I appreciate your patience with me, and my funky brain that mixes up people like that. So let's see. What else do I have to tell you guys? Um. I know I had things. I spent a little bit of time doing business this morning. Tomorrow I'm going to be on the Read a Romance Facebook page um, for the, the Magic of Books month. So I'll be posting on there tomorrow and doing some uh, special giveaways. I haven't decided what I'm going to give away yet. So if you have a, an opinion on what you'd like me to give away, I'll probably do multiple giveaways, so let me know what those are. I know, I, I wish it was easier for you guys to comment back to me because I know you like listening to in your cars, you're going to work and all that sort of thing. And then, you know, are you really going to go back and comment? But if you get the opportunity to let me know, I would be interested in um, what kind of giveaways you all want and so forth. Oh, here's the Curve Build Thrasher up here getting the grapes. She says she likes them sour. <laughs> the Curved Bill Trasher is a really wonderful desert bird. An incredibly beautiful song. And they have, um, as the name implies, a very curved bill, a wicked-looking bill. That's mostly for eating bugs and sour grapes. If you've ever been to Biosphere 2 near Tucson... That's the experimental dome where they did the enclosed environment, sealed the people in for almost two years and tried to monitor the you know, amount going in and amount coming out of people's bodies, tried to make a completely self-sustaining biosphere. The reason it's called Biosphere 2 is because Earth is Biosphere 1. But I read the book on it after I went on the tour because I was very interested and she noted at one point that they had a uh, curved-built thrasher in there who was a a volunteer that they had not expected. It wasn't one of the included species, but made its way in there before they enclosed it. And so then it was in there for the experiment, which I don't know. I always feel bad about that because it clearly died over time. You know, it couldn't reproduce I always fret about those kinds of things. I've been looking at the Worldcon panels, and there are a couple of interesting panels on um, establishing ecosystems and establishing colonies, which are things that I've been thinking about a lot lately. What would you have to do to establish a colony on a new planet? What would you need? If you had all the time in the world and the luxury of money to plan everything out exactly, how would you do it? So I'm excited to go to some of those panels, which is unusual for me. Uh, Worldcon, I'm not wall-to-wall on that conference, so I actually get to go to panels. And I think that there will be a lot that will be useful for me. So that's exciting, isn't it? There are some things I'd really like to learn that way. But there's one panel I noticed that was about, um, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, that something along the lines of, can you, can you change people's minds through fiction better than through more easily or more effectively than through spewing facts? And I think that that's very true. And, and they sort of give some examples, you know, like on things like valuing nature, valuing the ecosystem. So I'm, v- I'm very interested in what they have to say on that because I do think stories have the power to change people's minds in the way that, say, arguments on Twitter don't. <laughs> uh, um, but it certainly takes effort. There was one story that I was writing, and it's been tabled for now, but I had a, a scientist... Um, a, a female xenobiologist who studies basically alien life forms and she's part of her ethic is is that she believes in protecting all of the ecology of a planet that she finds all life forms equally precious and to me this is a fairly simple value system but everyone who critiqued this premise kept asking me well why does she care so much Why why does she care so much about the ecosystem? And it was like, well, it's not like she has an origin story for this. She just does. She recognizes the sanctity of life. And I don't know if it was because I failed as an author or because there are so many people who are not connected to the natural world and don't, I don't know, intuitively understand prioritizing things that way. Uh, I read a book recently by an author that I really love, and I enjoyed the book very much. But there was a point at which there was the potential for uh, these people's planet to be destroyed. And all of the stakes revolved around that, that the entire family, the entire population would be killed, including the children, and everybody was so upset about that. And I kept saying, and what about, what about all of the plant and animal life? I mean, it, this, this would destroy an entire biosphere, all of these lives. And I realized that the authors didn't go there, maybe because they didn't think of it. That could be part of it. But also because, you know, we're sort of geared to mostly care about people and children. And I I have a hard time understanding that because I, I guess I would more easily sacrifice the members of one family if their entire race would still survive in other places than to destroy the biosphere of an entire planet. But this is not something that other people agree with me on. They don't have that same... Knee-jerk understanding, and I don't think that I have an origin story for this. I don't think that I have any particular reason to to think this way, other than the fact that I think that all life is sacred and and is valuable. And there's always that part of me that feels bad for the curved billed thrasher that got trapped inside biosphere two. You know, that, as my mother says, the cycle of life kills me. <laughs> And, and I'm okay, I guess, with, you know, I would still be sorry for the curve-billed thrasher to get, you know, like, killed by a hawk or something like that. But then it's part of the natural order. In, um, one of my readers said that they thought, said that, well, she thought, that in The Shift of the Tide, that Zinda is the most like me of any character. And in some ways, I think that's a very accurate insight, uh, Zinda shares a whole lot of my uh, value system that way in treasuring the natural balance and being very unwilling to do anything that disrupts the natural balance. So anyway, I think I still want to tell that story, but I think I have to figure out a way to make to, to invite the reader into that understanding of the universe. So, someday, someday I will do that one. Take it off the back burner and cook it up for y'all. So, I don't know that I have... I I know I had other things I wanted to say, but I've forgotten them for now. Uh, I do want to send out heartfelt sympathies to Kev. Uh, his dad passed away. We are at that stage of life where our, we are losing our parents. Uh. Kev lost his mom many years ago, probably. I don't know, something like 25 years ago, Kev. And I was living in Laramie at the time, Laramie, Wyoming. And so I was able to go down to Denver for the funeral. And there's just, uh, I don't know when they're going to have a service for Kev's father, but I I won't be able to make it. Uh, For those who don't know, Kev was my first love, my boyfriend from high school. First love, first lover. And we are still friends and uh, hearing of his dad's passing makes me think of of those days when we were teenagers and how kind his dad always was to me. So, cycle of life, right you guys? Okay, well on that note, hopefully I didn't like make you all cry. <laughs> I'm a little berklimped. So, uh, I hope you all have a wonderful Tuesday. And... I don't know if I'll blog tomorrow, I might, or maybe I'll podcast. We shall see. You never know. It's a land of surprises here on First Cup of Coffee. But I will talk to you all later. Take care. Bye-bye.